like I hear people talk about all I want to do is do music full time. And it's like, who gave you the right to have that desire? You know what I'm saying? Like you do music full time. You need to have I'm, I'm checking for like, man, you got an album a week. How many songs are you write in a day? And, and that's hard because it's like people are kind of like, you know, I just want to feel I, I meet and I'm like, yo, nobody cares about you. Like nobody cares <laughs> about what you think. Like people want you to give them what they are asking you for. And if you have that, then give it to them. Don't give them the other thing. You know, you know, we have people that like on a team is be like, man, I just want to I just want to love it, man. And I just want to feel good when I put it out. And it's like, well, what about everybody else? You selfish. You know what I'm saying? Like, what about everybody else, man? Like everybody's got to watch it. You know, what I mean? they've got to click on it. They, they got to click on it. The ads got to pop up and people got to share it like that's important. I'm just trying to be somebody. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Trying to Be Somebody video podcast. Here, we interview mostly BIPOC artists about their creative careers with the goal of helping you. I'm Halise, endeavoring to persevere as always. Today on the podcast, we have belief in fatherhood or belief in music, depending on what realm of artistic endeavors you know him through. I actually first met Belief in Fatherhood in 2018. We were both YouTube Creators for Change ambassadors. This was a program that YouTube essentially put together in 2018 to combat hate speech and xenophobia on the platform. And basically, YouTube gave us filmmaking grants. Belief ended up doing a really amazing piece about black men and prison. And I ended up doing two different pieces around why people cover their head, whether it be for cult or religion. I'll link to all of that content in the show notes so that way you can check it out if you're interested. Um, it was a really amazing thing to be a part of and I'm so happy that I got to meet Belief in Fatherhood during that time. I consider Belief almost like a cousin or a big brother that I never had in some ways. Um, you know, there's your there's your kin folk and then there's your skin folk and I feel like Belief is very much my skin folk. I really enjoy talking to Belief in Fatherhood pretty regularly though because I think he really gives me this interesting, extremely pragmatic, driven perspective. And a lot of that comes from his upbringing and what he's had to endure and go through in his life that I think gives him just this unique way of thinking about how to be an artist. And so I really wanted to have him on the podcast to talk more about his artistic career. I very much know everything he does on the internet in regards to video creation and storytelling in that way, but frankly, I don't really know a lot about his music career, and I purposely didn't want to know about it going into this interview. So if you've been a fan of Belief in Fatherhood during his tenure on YouTube thus far, hopefully you'll get to see a new side of him um, that I don't think he really talks about on the channel. We all know that he produces music and does great stuff, but I don't think a lot of people actually know how he got into it. So in this podcast, we are going to kind of talk about Belief's origin story. One thing I will say before we get going into this episode is that we do touch on a few heavy topics, just FYI. We talk about depression, suicide, and there's a little bit of vulgar language as well in the podcast. So just to let you know, for those listeners, keep that in mind. We have the one, the only, the myth, the legend, belief in fatherhood, a.k.a. Glenn Henry. Do you go by your name? I see, like you're kind of wishy-washy. Which one? Yeah, I mean, I'm not that pretentious to where like I want people to call me belief. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And so... I have a really corny name, like Glenn Henry. It just sounds so, 
boring. You know what I'm saying? Sounds like an all-American name. <laughs> I, it does. You know what I'm saying? And so I know you know how I feel. I know you know how I feel. If anybody knows how I feel. <laughs> We're not going to get into why, but I know you know. I do know how you feel. Okay. Um, so, but we have belief in fatherhood here on the Trying to Be Somebody podcast today. And with your topic, I wanted to try to talk a little bit more about your musical career and how that's progressed into what you're doing now. Mostly because I feel like I know about your musical career, but then I don't. So I was like, what do I want to learn about belief? Oh, how cool. That's awesome. I haven't been on a podcast in a minute. So this is um, this is different for us to talk about music, but I'm super excited. I'm going to try to stay on topic and not approach this as a friend phone call because I feel like this is fitting to be like me just talking like it's a friend phone call. Just a homie. Um, can you talk a little bit though about like how you discovered music, what age you were? Give me a little bit of a backstory. I was always kind of into like deaf poetry jam, you know what I'm saying? And like uh, watching these like MCs kind of like do their thing. I remember being like really young and being really into Puff Daddy and Mace, right? <laughs> and so like I came out to Cali and my uncle Jason, who's my 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 dad's wife's brother, who's a who's a hip hop legend in the area, his name is Blame One. He put me on to like Nas and Tribe Called Quest and like, you know what I'm saying? Like these boom bap MCs and I was just like, dang, this is crazy. And I think uh what happened was it was like stuff I was interested in, but nothing that was like really crazy, you know what I'm saying? And then one day I was walking to school and I missed a bus and I'm walking to school and I'm having one of them like middle school, um, dramatic, I wanna like, I, I wanna end my life type vibes, you know what I'm saying? But I had this long walk to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, we're not gonna get into it, but I was like, you know, abused as a child, like super suicidal, like early, you know what I'm saying? And so I was just so sad one day walking to school and I'm, I'm looking down and I see this tape, right? And in my tape deck is like Master P, Master Don, right? It, it, uh, it was like one of the old like Master P records, you know what I'm saying? I think I was listening to like the Don or something like that. And I saw this tape on the floor and I picked it up and it was the Roots uh, Proceed single. For some reason, someone put this thing out on the street and I popped it in. And the first words Black Thought said was, just think, what if you could just, just blink yourself away? And I, I it, it like attached to me and I couldn't get it off me since then. And so that's how I fell in love with hip hop. I would later on in life, really try to rap and be garbage for most of my adolescence. Um, you're going to hear my kids, kids come in, so they might interrupt. But I would be, I would be garbage, right? One day, like, like maybe like years later, I would be in church and hanging out with a dude or whatever who's a rapper. And um, he's like, man, I need a DJ. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what does that got to do with me? He's like, I need a DJ, man. Here, if I give you some turntables, can you figure it out? And I was like, all right. And so I played around with the turntables for like two weeks. And I didn't know I was getting good, but I was getting good like really fast. And it was very, very bad turntables. Like usually you press a turntable and it goes jump and the thing starts spinning. This was like, you press the button and it was like, like it was old, old school. Like I think two turntables in the mix, it was like a hundred bucks. So... 
I got really good. And then I started to play the music that everybody wanted to hear down in San Diego at this spot called Elevated. And I was playing like all the old Dwelle, the the Erica Badu hits, you know what I'm saying? The old Maxwell joints, the Tribe joints, the De La Soul. Like I was just playing all the, the music people wanted to hear. And I was also being this guy's DJ and like filling in for his like hooks, like helping him write his hooks. And um, that's kind of where it started. But I remember my first verse and it wasn't good. <laughs> I started trash, like many of us do. I mean, yeah, I guess, oh, I guess you're right. I mean, I go back and watch old videos and it's like, ooh, this is stressful Yeah. to watch. I'm scared. <laughs> but then I always leave them live. Can people go back and find like old, old belief songs that you are not proud of anymore? Oh, yes. They are all over the place. It's so bad. I wanted to change my name. Because I don't want to have any record of being the same person. But even if you like go to my Spotify and you like keep clicking on art, like stuff I'm featured on, like there was a point where I was trying to make that leap from like rapper to YouTuber. And I was like, yo, I need to pay, you know, we're, we're short on rent. I mean, we're short on our mortgage and I'm doing like verses for like $50 to get diapers and make rent. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just trying to c cover the bill. So. I would give away my art for $50 to buy some diapers. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm on the song yeah. forever with, you know, whoever, some, you know, random Christian rapper. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I really don't like those days. Those were hard days. Yeah, but like, doesn't it, I don't, I mean, I get it. Like not selling your, selling yourself to make ends meet as an artist is never a fun <laughs> feeling at all but are you one of those people where you feel like I'm kind of glad this happened so that way I could learn the value I'm always a glass half full kind of person so do you feel like there was any gain to come out of it aside from the immediacy of like diapers but oh yes I mean like you know I am a machine when it comes to writing verses you know what I mean like so people would be like, yo, I want a verse, I want a verse, I want a verse. And I would finish like five verses in like a two hour session. You know what I'm saying? And so my pen is really, really, really fast. And so that was all honing because I remember being like really early in my, my hip hop career. And I'd be like, yo, I'm not inspired. I need to be inspired or whatever. It came to a point where it wasn't about when inspiration came. It was a muscle that I used inspiration, I, I, I summoned it. it. It's not something I waited for. You know what I'm saying? And so that became a different degree of like, like I was almost tactical when it came into this, when I came to the studio, because I had like a, a, a whole thing. I would crack open my yerba mate. You know what I'm saying? I sit there, you know, light some, uh, diffuse some oil. You know what I'm saying? Turn down the lights and just get in. Wow. And, um, you know, I remember my first album I wrote called Red Pills, Black Sugar. I wrote it and my wife was like, yo, let me hear the record. And she's like, how many songs are on it? And I was like, I think it was like 13. She was like, when did you have time to finish 13 songs? She didn't even notice that I was gone because I was so precise with how I worked. Yeah. I worked from, you know, after she went to sleep, which was around like 10 to 2 in the morning. And I got up at 6 to go to work. So I was like not sleeping. You know what I mean? I wonder if like, I always feel like, and I feel like this is something that... When I meet people that are parents, mm -hmm. y'all just seem to have 
like the next level control of your time and like how to maximize your time in a way that I think people who don't have kids, we get there. Like I think I'm there now, you know, where I can really figure out how to block things out and be like a very productive artist or a very productive creative person. But it took me a lot longer. Do you feel like having kids is like kind of what forced you to just zero in? Yes, 100%. Because basically I had a lot of doubts and a lot of like reasons not to. You know what I mean? And it was almost like this like pride thing that would keep me going instead of like this necessity to like, how am I going to tell my son not to be scared of something if I'm scared? You know what I'm saying? Like how, like I can't like, I gotta, I gotta fight my fears and get over this crap. Cause I, I like, I'm a, I was a rapper with stage fright. Really? Yeah. It's super inconvenient. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I hated the limelight. I hated being, you know what I mean? Like even like being looked at, like in this form of like being on stage and them below me, I didn't like it. It made me feel very anxious. You know what I'm saying? I definitely had some troubles with, with that. But I think that when you have a child, it gives you a purpose behind your, your work ethic and also, when you have a child, you understand the value of time. You know what I'm saying? So I would work during nap times and when they were asleep, especially when it was just me and the boys, them, old, them older videos. Like when I was editing these videos, like me and the boys, like all day, like they would take a two hour nap. And that's when I would like import the videos, <laughs> let them load in the Final Cut Pro, which would take forever on my 2015 uh, MacBook. And like it would take forever and then by the time they went to sleep, I could start editing. You know what I'm saying? And I just became very tactical. And that's what you have to do when you really have a a, a, a dream. Like you have, to, like I hear people talk about, all I want to do is do music full time. And it's like, who gave you the right to have that desire? You know what I'm saying? Like you do music full time. You need to have, I'm, I'm checking for like, man, you got an album a week. How many songs are you writing today? You know what I'm saying? Because if my, my responsibility was to be a full-time artist, like all I would do would be reading and writing verses, reading books and writing verses, because like you have so much time, right? Like somebody just hit me up for a verse a couple weeks, couple uh, last week. We started talking about it on Monday morning. We had a meeting at 6 a.m. Mm. We, we finished the meeting at seven. They were like, all right, cool. I was like, all right, I don't listen to verses. I don't listen to beats before I have time to write. So I don't sit there and just listen to music and then write. I'll be like, all right, cool. Give me the beats. The first thing I hear is the first thing I'm going to write to. And then I'm just keep going off of that. And so I had a two hour window. I wrote two verses in two hours. I sent the music back to them and they were like, oh, well, I don't have a studio at my house. And like, I go in the studio on Friday and I'm like, man, good luck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just a different level you know what I'm saying? Where you're working um, and you have people like also needing your time. Now, at this point, like it's not only I have a wife and children, I also have employees. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like my time is very, very valuable. Which is why I was like excited that you'd come and talk on the podcast. Thank you for being here because I know you stay busy. I mean, I'm busy, but at the same time, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, like I'm a huge fan of Halise. And all things Aww. Elise, you know what I'm saying? So like anything that I can support, any way I can support you, of course. And then it's like, I know you really don't play around when it comes to how high the art is that you put out and the things that you want to do and make time to do. So I know when you're putting your, your time towards something, it's going to be valuable and it's going to be an asset that I can use. So best believe this is mutually beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey everyone, quick break here. I hope you are enjoying this amazing conversation with belief and fatherhood. Again, love talking to this guy. He's just... It's so much fun. A few quick announcements before we get back into it. If you are watching the podcast here on YouTube, please like the video, give it a thumbs up, as well as engage with me down in the comments below. That really helps algorithmically for us to get discovered and so on and so forth here on this channel. Likewise, wherever you are listening to this podcast, even if it's on Spotify as well, give us a follow and or go ahead and rate us on that platform. Again, that all helps with discoverability and keeping the podcast going. Again, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to take it a little bit of a step further, please sit through an ad or two. I know they can be a little annoying, but that is how the podcast raises money through ads. So if you can sit through a few, that will really help us out. Obviously, if it's super long, don't. But if you can sit through a couple, that helps us out a lot. Finally, if you really want to take it a step further, consider joining the Patreon, patreon.com slash There you get early access to these episodes as well as private weekly vlogs from me and all the behind the scenes content that's happening at StumbleWell with all the creative projects that we have going on. So it's a good time. Again, patreon.com slash Would really appreciate it. And that is it. Let us get back to this episode and back to belief. Um, when, like, so you, did you set out to be a YouTuber? Because I thought, like, from what I gathered, you already had, and maybe I'm wrong, correct me, you already had a thriving musical career. Thriving? Uh, <laughs> um, I was already making my work income that I was making before work off of music alone. Okay. So I was still minimum wage, kind of. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. What happened was I was like on that wave of like, hey, we're going to talk about depression in our music and nobody's going to dance, but uh, it's going to be very thought-provoking. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> that it's hard to get booked for shows when you're sitting there like, hey, guys. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> And so I was on, before that got really popular, you know what I'm saying? Like I was yeah. on that wave and then I was okay, but I don't know if I was like as good as um, I am now, you know what I'm saying? As far as like my voice and delivery. But I would say that I already had a career, but I wanted to, I wanted people to know what type of person I was because it stopped being about the music and it started being more like, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, do we want you to come out? And so I started the YouTube channels to be like, yeah, I struggle with depression, but like, I'm also like a pretty funny, cool dad. And it was kind of like, let people get to know that side of you was like the marketing, like idea behind it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, whatever I got to do to put food on the table. And um, that was the desire was like, yo, we're going to, we're going to expose people to this fatherhood stuff. And then maybe they'll book me and they'll see me rap and they'll be like, oh, come out and rap. And people were kind of like, yeah, 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 I want the fatherhood. Be a daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they wanted. Wow. See, so, like, you're one of the few people. Well, actually, I think like, it's you and Temi, I guess. Now that I think about it, I didn't know. Anyway, you're one of the few people that I know that got on YouTube, not necessarily as a creative outlet. Like, you got on YouTube as a means to, like, a progression or, like, a means to an end to a certain degree. Yeah. 100%. And, and also, like, not really knowing what YouTube was. Like, my, my introduction to YouTube was Casey Neistat. Got you. So it was kind of like, you know, I'm not a purist. 
You know what I'm saying? You had to be there when Shane Dawson was doing none and none. Like people like are like, yeah, I've been around for 10 years. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm so sorry. I, I'm, I'm new to this. And so <laughs> my standard was like Casey. That was the that was the goat. That's the guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. And because he was like so interesting and I never was bored, I started to figure out my own rules for my channel and like how I would be like, all right, this scene is sitting too long. There's a time limit to how long I'm going to pay it. Like I'm going to, you know, like leave a scene sitting. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. a time limit between this and this and this. So uh, I feel like I was very intentional about how I did my stuff. Not trying to mimic take Casey at all, but also using him as kind of like, this is the standard. Like it has to be this good is what my, my thoughts were. I enjoy talking to you about putting out content because you're always just like, I don't understand why you're having an internal struggle. <laughs> That's what I say to you. I feel like, I feel like you, I talk to you and then I get like a good gut check of just like, I'm sorry, do you like living and eating indoors? Yeah. Or? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, like that's, I'm also like kind of like, and, and that's hard because it's like people are kind of like, you know, I just want to feel, I, I meet and I'm like, yo, nobody cares about you. Like nobody cares <laughs> about what you think. Like people want you to give them what they are asking you for. And if you have that, then give it to them. Don't give them the other thing. You know, so you can introduce them to the other thing, but don't only give them that. And so, yeah. you know, you know, we have people that like on a team is be like, man, I just want to, I just want to love it, man. And I just want to feel good when I put it out. And it's like, well, what about everybody else? You selfish. You know what I'm saying? Like, what about everybody else, man? Like everybody's got to watch it. You know what I mean? They've got to click on it. They, they got to click on it. The ads got to pop up and people got to share it. Like that's important. And so, yeah. yeah, man. And and that's what gets hard when you're working with brands and stuff, because they have like, we, the brand doesn't feel like who cares about the brand. Like I know my audience is coming out as long as it has this, this, and this, just let me do my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love talking to you every now and then. Cause you'll really just, you'll just really put me in a place that I need to like get to sometimes. You know, what's crazy is that I notice how often you space it out. Cause we don't talk all the time. So you'll be like, yeah, man, every quarter, I'm a call believe. <laughs> Cause you can't take too much of me one time. I'm like, hey, Halise, we still friends. That I that I pissed you off last time. But yeah, man, like I, I definitely I am I'm definitely that guy's most of the time. So yeah. Well it's I, it's not that I can't take too much of you. It's just that like uh my partner, Chris, he is a Taurus as well. And mm -hmm. so y'all just have a very strong, like, I'm sorry. Do you not like eating and living indoors? Yes. <laughs> it's just very much the vibe that you give. So I already kind of have somebody who's like, yeah, art or whatever, <laughs> you know, yes. in my life, which is good. Like, I think, I don't know, I think it was, it was really good to marry somebody like that who is very much like, these bills ain't going to pay themselves, though. Like, I get how you feel. Valid, valid feeling. Um Rent still is a thing, though, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's so important. Definitely. I, like, so, I know you started your music career off, like, not before the internet, but as the internet was really getting going. MySpace. I was on MySpace, for sure. Can you, I mean, can you give any advice to folks who are trying to start music careers now? Like, is, do you think what you can say, give, a tangible advice you can give would be, like, applicable to them at this stage? I think, I think I need to give myself more credit. Straight up, you know what I'm saying? But I I am in awe at some of the artists today. You know what I'm saying? Now, 
I still make money off of music. You know what I'm saying? Like we got a we got a a single that went gold. That that song coming in hot. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like so I help write I help write on that record. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um yeah, it's and it's you know what I'm saying, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So I think that when, I think when you're when you're getting on in music, it's important to always add value to the people around you. Music business is very, very icky. You know what I'm saying? People get entitled. They start. But the people who got the juice, if they just keep growing, they will never lose. They will never lose the juice. So you just got to keep working on yourself. And I really think like don't burn bridges and always be valuable, you know. And I, I think about people like Pharrell who started off like being like number four guy for freaking um what's his name teddy uh dang uh dude who did the rump shaker right uh oh um teddy riley teddy riley right so uh he was the voice um on all i want to do is i'm a zoom 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 like like pharrell was the voice you know what i'm saying that did that i think he was um but i know he was around back in those days and he's like he's still reaping the benefits off of those relationships early on. You know what I mean? And so I just think when you're a musician, you have to think of yourself as timeless, not about right now, because the the new generation is all about like me now, y'all old, we new, we're the young ones, we hot, y'all, you know what I'm saying? But if you look at people who are kind of timeless, like you, you look at your J. Coles, right? Who's creating a whole, a whole new like wave in opportunity to collab with other people who are not in his camp you know what i'm saying did i tell you i talked to j cole on on dm no i was girl i was beside myself (laughs) i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it because we because somebody hit me up was like hey i need to talk to j cole and i was like okay and they were like well can you tell him that i said such and such because he follows you I was like, nah, you must be mistaken. J. Cole doesn't follow me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But because of the new Instagram like policy, like you can't tell who has a blue check and who doesn't when they follow you. You know what I'm saying? Like you just kind of gotta keep scrolling to see who. Oh, right. So yeah. I was looked up J. Cole and I was like, this nigga is following me. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I wasn't following him. I didn't even know he had Instagram. So I was just like, hey man, I appreciate your album. And he was like, yo, my wife put me onto your content. Keep making A1 content. Wow. Oh, yeah. He's a dad. Big time. Yeah. And a husband. Big time. Like, he took a whole break and, like, does is dad stuff. Yeah. But Aww. it's like, uh, of course, of course I create, right? Of course I make a, I make, I make the content I make, you know, for belief and fatherhood. But I have this, like, I, and he doesn't even, he probably doesn't even know how to do music. Or he might have heard it because he's seen it. But it's just kind of like the fact that the worlds are colliding like that for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just shows that like you can still progress and just kind of be timeless and always be adding value to every single room you're in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's interesting too, because yeah, I think you're right. Sometimes then I do talk to younger artists or people that are just kind of new in the career in general. Mm -hmm. They do seem very focused. Like, I'm not saying that you need to give yourself away for free. Like, don't, (laughs) don't do that. But I don't know. For me, my philosophy has always kind of been like, well, if I, try to add value to this other person as much as possible, then surely that'll come back to me in some way. 100%. But on the flip side, I mean, I I know other creators where that is not how they run (laughs) their career and life. 
and they're doing fine. You know, they're doing just fine. So it really kind of comes down to like, I guess your moral standing or not even, I don't even want to put it like that because it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's just how I see the world, I suppose. That's interesting. J. Cole. Wait, I want to come back. You, you did coming in hot. Like what? <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. So coming in hot, right? So I'm cool with Andy Minio, who's, um, he's like one, a really good friend of mine. I know him for years. And he's always kind of like dug my style as an MC, right? And Lecrae is, you know, biggest Christian rapper in the world. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I am not in on Christian rap at all. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, I mean, um, if you... Educate me. No, I mean, I'm not, but I'm, I, I just want to let you know that it's out there and um, it's a very thriving community. You know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, Lecrae, Lecrae is a really, really, like, amazing guy like he's just an awesome guy Andy Minio is an awesome guy they have a company called Reach well Lecrae has a company with another guy called Reach Records and that is the record company Andy Minio is a signee of that company and we've worked together for years like I've written on a couple of records of his um you know mostly hooks and you know I've been in writing rooms with a lot of these guys but because I grew up in that area we've done stuff together so they're on tour and they happen to stop in like LA and they book a studio in, in Del Mar which is not too far away from where I live and they're like yo belief you know what I'm saying it's like 2017 2018 I think summertime and they're like yo belief come through the studio we want to be writing and we need some help you know what I'm saying so I'm like all right cool so it's me and like seven other guys in the room and I'm just kind of like this beat comes on he was playing other records, but this other, this beat came on, and I and I can I can share photos with you to you know let you know I was there or whatever because I was they took photos that night. Speed comes on, and it was crazy. And so this guy words played one of the homies. He wrote the hook. I don't do the most, but I do a lot, right? And uh, he lives in San Diego too now. Um, and so we just started writing verses and I came up with, um, with, with part of, you know, one of the verses, you know what I'm saying? Um, a, a nice little chunk, you know what I'm saying? So every time that song has to get cleared to be on a commercial, I also have to sign off on my, you know, percentage of the record, which is a very small percent. Yeah. So whenever you see that record, you just can, it's a little nod to me, you know what I'm saying? So it does make me feel good. Yeah. Wow. And I think this is actually, this comes to, this is a good point. Cause I remember for those of y'all who don't know, Belief actually did a song on My Creators for Change video. He was collaborating with El Fresh Alliance, who's based out of Australia. Mm-hmm. And I got to film it. I got to film and watch you work, which was so fascinating because I had never gotten to see a musical artist, rap artist, like sit down and do something. And to like bring it back to your point earlier in the interview of just like, yeah, when people are like, oh, well, I only go to the studios on Fridays. You, like, for y'all who don't know, we produced that, that um, because I'm ridiculous, I produced my whole Creators for Change video while in London, like while, when we were supposed to be planning our videos, I just shot mine because that was when I wanted to interview everybody because that was the only place I would have access to everybody. And part of it was watching him and El Fresh collaborate on a track. And in the same vein, like we came to his hotel room, Belief's hotel room, and he just had like a little like situation, <laughs> um, little like soundboard situation, you know, what, what do they call those things? Um, 
It was a mic stand, pop screen. We had, um, I think I had like a little Chaotica eyeballs, like a little thing that, I, yeah, I wrapped into or something. Yeah. No, no, I had like, I had that foam shield. I had that like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You had a foam shield and everything. And I was just like, oh, this is really all it, like, and I remember in that moment for me, I was like, wow, I'm really overthinking it a lot of the time. You know what I mean? And I just watched you rap into just like, I don't even know what music software you were using. It, I don't even think it was like. No, it was a, it's actually a, a beat program called Reason. It's really simple. Yeah. And then, yeah, you and Elfresh just took turns. And then I remember, like, I remember that too. At the end of it, Elfresh was like, yeah, you know, I got like a 20-hour flight back to Australia. So I'll mess around with this and see what we could do. And, you know, we could split it whatever ways. And I was like, wow, this is really how music gets made. This is really, I just, I really appreciated, I guess, because the nature of the medium it's so much easier to collaborate with people. Yeah. Um, especially now that like in the age of the internet where you really can't do something like this and just be in a studio virtually with somebody and like get the opportunity to work with a lot of people. I don't think there's a way to really do this in like video production in the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I find the collaborative process via video very frustrating and not welcoming you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's very forced if someone is in my video it is a forced entry and i don't even care if they're another family because even when you hang out with friends like you kick it with certain people and y'all gel you know what i'm saying you be like shut up no nah, you shut up oh no nigga you know what i'm saying like that's how it goes <laughs> you know what i mean and so but like with 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 me and like collaborating it's just it doesn't really make too much sense because not everybody is as comfortable being their authentic self on on in ca in front of camera and that is something that my content thrives on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you 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 are thinking about how people are perceiving you on the other end of the of the device that you're recording into that hasn't even been edited yet. You know what I'm saying? And so Yeah. um there there comes a level of trust that you have to have in whoever you're collaborating with that they're going to make like in the musical process it's like are you going to mix my mix mix my voice correctly you know what i'm saying is my low end going to punch through uh, you know are you going to you know resequence the beat and then make me sound like i'm off beat are you going to throw an echo in somewhere i don't have an echo you know what i'm saying like there's a trust very it's very trusting process happening and yeah. uh even with the the, the videos I make, like sometimes even Yvette's kind of like, I don't know how, you, I don't know if I'm being perceived exactly how, I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm going to approve it with you before we put the video out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but like, that's still a concern that everybody has and people are right to have their right to do that. Um, and so that's why I think we're kind of in a golden era of storytelling via YouTube. And I'm, and I'm going to be honest, at least like, I don't get like encouraged about a lot of things, but I'm very confident in our YouTube channel right now and even though the views aren't crazy you know what i'm saying like mm. i am very confident in what we're putting out like i'm like oh this is a master class like like the fact that like people are telling me like oh therapists actually use your videos to talk about like marriage family like counseling in their in their classes like professors use it wow you know what i'm saying yeah. so i know that the value it it may not be seen for another three years, uh, 10 years, whatever, but I understand that like, oh, we're in a really nice space right now with uh, how we're running our YouTube channel. And the fact that I make music for every single record, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for every single video, like 
we we on some other stuff, man. And I'm just really excited about that, Halise. And I, I and I feel very comfortable telling you that because I know you know me enough to know that I'm not like I'm that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because like you like everything you're saying, it makes a lot of sense. I know for me, I'm still. This is the other reason why I like to talk to you every now and then too. And this actually this is going to sound. I think a little silly, but I think it's true. Like I like talking to men who are artists a lot. Like every now and then I feel like I need to Mm -hmm. because there's just a level of inherent confidence that y'all can have that like, I feel like for women kind of gets punched down, Mm. you know, like you feel like you got to learn how to be like, yeah, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? And then, Mm. I don't know. It's like talking to like I, the first episode's Temi, and he was talking about like mm, people like what did he say? It was so. <laughs> That's my guy. I love that guy. Yeah, me too. But he he said what did he say? He was just like oh people. It is a privilege for people to see my work. Oh. And I was like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just not. It's something that's not necessarily very inherent to me. Yeah. At all. And that is, that is when I think about coming into like who I am as a creative person, that is like Genesis one chapter. Like, first of all, it's like the first verse is like, you are created by a creator, right? You know what I'm saying? He gave you the ability to create. That's like verse two. And then verse three is like, it is a privilege for people to be able to witness your creation. Because not everybody gets to see this. Not everybody. Like, think about the amount of black households that are shared in an authentic way. Like, we didn't even see it in our own homes. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't even know what our parents were going through because they covered it up. Like, I don't know about your parents, but like, now you can't know. We're fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, mid, like, about to have a divorce. Like, we're going to be fine. Spousal abuse. all, All this type of stuff. And it just like, all under the rug. And so... Now we get to see like, yo, I'm really having a hard time talking to you right now. I really do not want to talk to you. That is normal. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. we're normalizing life, which is insane. And it's a privilege. So when someone comes to my channel and I like this person, man, I don't, I leave, please leave forever. This is the privilege because I'm not going to be doing this forever. Yeah. These chocolate babies are freaking beautiful in gold i'm 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 blessed to be even their father you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah man like this is a privilege and you gotta know that see wow that's number one so with your musical career and all the things that are keeping happening first off i mean i guess i know how you manage your time you have an assistant which is great when did you realize you needed a team like when did did that happen begrudgingly or what I mean, it's one thing to like know you need a team, and then two is kind of like, well, then I have to trust people. Never mind. You have to afford it. You, you have to. Well, yeah, you have to afford it. But the thing is, like, the team affords themselves. You know, um, because everybody on your team should make you more money in some way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so, hiring someone like George to do camera work has been an asset because. He not only does camera work, he's like annoyingly irritated about like systems and like filing. So 
he organizes all the stuff so everything is in its proper place. You know what I mean? And I remember I hit you up maybe like two years ago. Hey, yo, how you organize your files? You know what I'm saying? You're like, uh, I do it with Sony and da 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 da. And so, like, we have our own filing system. We got our own server. That dude has paid for himself just in the time it takes me to find files. I save money because I hired George. You know what I mean? You think about someone like Jed, when I was doing the fatherhood breakdowns by myself and screen recording and then marking on the screen record and then, and then saving that and then pausing, like Jed has figured out a system that he can write on an iPad. You know what I'm saying? And like make the fatherhood breakdowns look great. And now we got a million TikTok followers. You know what I'm saying? If you think about my schedule, Dallas don't, but you got to understand this started with me, my wife walking into me um, in the garage crying, sobbing on the floor. Like I am sobbing uncontrollably on the floor. My wife walks in and was like, what's wrong? I had a panic attack because someone asked me for a bio and I didn't know who I was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, like I know who I am, but who do you think I am? And what am I supposed to say to you? Like I was having that type of crisis, you know? Wow. And so- yeah. I think that it was like begrudgingly, but like, you know, we also have like an awesome operations manager who, who helps maintain the team. You know what I'm saying? For now. And so like that is like, I'm figuring it out, man. But the, the hard part about this whole thing and everybody who wants to be a YouTuber or content creator is that there is literally no rules like and there's no standard. And so we're making the standard as we go. And so um I ask a lot of people and a lot of people are very quiet about their processes. I know. I don't get why. And they don't want to share. And and it's like, that is so frustrating and, and hurtful. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you're talking about like, like I do have stuff I want to get out there. You know what I mean? Like I do have a, a mission to say, it doesn't infringe on your own mission. You know what right. I mean? Like if, if, if Target wants to book me, they'll book you too. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they run out of money. Like, so I don't know, man, I'm not with that, but you know me, I'm, I'm very much an open book. You know what I mean? Um, for other creatives. And now I just understand the value of being like, man, just, I, I'll, if you want to consult with me, then here's the fee. Yeah. Because at this point, like I'd rather pour into my team. Like right now it's Dallas's year anniversary at belief in fatherhood today. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yay. And so like, I'd rather just like, level on the team instead of trying to pour into people who need to be convinced that it's valuable for them to do it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It's interesting. Like, you know, doing the residency, I get to work with a lot of creators as well. Um, and they're all at varying stages. You know, some of them are, I would say bigger than me. Some of them are smaller or whatever. Um, but it's interesting that there's always, I feel like with creators, you kind of see there's this thing where everybody has the drive, you know, but not everybody has the sort of like, I guess it's like confidence. A lot of, I meet a lot of creators who are trying to have external validation of what they're doing. Or they'll come at me and be like, oh, well, you know, I shoot my videos on my phone. And I'm like, and? Yeah. Here's how you can shoot a really good video on your phone. Like, I can help you make a phone better, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Start with where you're at. Um, and I always find that very frustrating. And also, yeah, bigger creators are like very stingy. I actually talked to um, an editor that I met who is a like a YouTube editor. Like mm. she built a whole agency on 
editing videos for bigger YouTube channels and creators. And she was telling me like all the sob stories of how she has been burned so many times or like people won't even acknowledge that they have an editor working on their videos and stuff like that. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Still all the secrets. Like no one can be you, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I'll tell you one of the things that really helped me early on was uh, recording two days, but backwards. So I would record like, I'd be like at the house or whatever. And then something that happened with the kids and like, you know, Theo would like poop on the floor or something like that. And it'd be everywhere and I'd have to clean it up or like the kids would get powder all over the house. You know what I'm saying? And so I would just like wash their clothes, put them in the same clothes the next day and be like, don't mess with the powder to set up the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what you I'm know saying? That. And just record it in reverse. You know what I mean? Um, and just, you know, slap the editing on the other side. And so it's just like, just figure it out. There are no rules. And that's the thing. It's like, how do I, however you want, like however you want, that's how you do it. You know? Um, and if there's straight up, but the thing is like, I get irritated when people like ask me, but don't listen yeah, so if I could just say my final thoughts, right? I would I would just say that like you really have to be the proof that you believe in. You know what I'm saying? Like all we are is just walking proof of whatever we believe, right? And so I used to think that I have to you were talking about like external val- validation and I was thinking like I used to wait for my wife to give me the okay to tell me it was good before I would move forward with certain things. You know what I'm saying? And I would have to look for that with my mom. Like I remember cleaning the bathroom and that was like a big deal in our house. You know what I mean? And like I had to come in and make sure that it was, she had to come in and give me the stamp of approval before I thought it was good. You know what I mean? And now that I have children, I'm asking them, they say, hey dad, am I done? I say, you tell me if you're done. You know what I mean? When you go out there, do you feel like you're finished? You know what I mean? Like, do you feel like that is the amount of work you can do? And so when I'm in the editing room or when I'm li- listening to a verse and I'm in the editing room, I'm kind of like, what does this video need? Subtitles. Oh my gosh. I hate putting subtitles on those videos. You know how long that takes? You know what you I mean? mean? <clears throat> or do you know who I have to hire to get to do that? Um, and so I look at my clock and I say, okay, who can I get to help me? Or I just do it myself because I know that's what it's going to take. And that's what's proving to me that my art is worth that extra step. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't know, man. I just feel that we need to stop focusing on like permission and give ourselves permission to be great. Again, I just really enjoy talking to Believe in Fatherhood about being an artist and having a creative full-time career because he always gives that perspective that's just like, that gum, all right. You just saying to do the thing. I guess I just got to do the thing, huh? <laughs> I feel like belief is so firm in knowing himself and knowing that he's not for everybody. I'm always interested to see how he's perceived by others because he's so just straightforward and blunt and just says it. You know what I mean? Um, so in the comments below, let me know what you thought of this episode. Um, I'm so curious to hear if you're watching on YouTube or on Spotify. Again, I'm Halise, endeavoring to persevere as always. And this is the Trying to Be Somebody video podcast. I'll see you in the next one. I'm just trying to be somebody. So make a way, make a way.